Well, welcome again to the 11:30 service. You look good today. Good to see so many of you in church with us. It's not by force nor by strength. Old translations say not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing Not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. That's what Zechariah 4, verses 6 and 7 say. And today we are starting a brand new series called Mountains Move. And this is a series about faith. Not the baseline faith that says, I believe in God, but the faith that that we need to believe that we can overcome overwhelming obstacles in our life. 50 years ago, in the land of the Mississippi Delta, there was a devastating uh, and severe drought. An entire season of crops was in jeopardy, and so a, a rural Mississippi church decided to have an emergency prayer meeting. They called together the farmers of the community, and the farmers showed up that night wearing what you would expect farmers to wear. They were wearing their traditional overalls, all the farmers except, except one. One farmer that night showed up wearing waders, and when he walked in, he got some funny looks, and, and somebody looked at him and said, why are you wearing waders? It hasn't rained in months, and With childlike faith, the the farmer looked back at the man who was questioning him and said, we came to pray, but everybody, he said, I I don't want to go home wet. And he didn't, but everybody else did. And that's the kind of faith that we're talking about over the next four weeks. Faith-filled expectation. Faith that can, can move mountains. And most of the time, As I begin a new teaching series or uh, a theme for our church, I I usually feel some type of inspiration or I feel inspired or or by God uh, with with an idea, with a phrase, with a statement, maybe with a song that plays on repeat. There's just something that grabs a hold of my heart and and kind of serves as a compass to, to guide where we hopefully are going to get to in our final, as our final destination. And for this series, and maybe for 2017, I'm not entirely sure, but definitely for this series, there have been six words, three phrases that have kind of gotten lodged into my heart. And I want to give them to you this morning, six words, three phrases that'll kind of serve as a compass for where we're going. The six words are dream bigger, work harder, pray longer. Dream bigger, work harder, Pray longer. Would you do me a favor? Would you, would you say that with me this morning? Say those things with me. Ready? Dream bigger, work harder, pray longer. Come on, one more time. Say them together. Dream bigger, work harder, pray longer. Yeah. All of us have some mountains in, in our, our life. We all have mountains that we face, overwhelming, seemingly impossible obstacles that we are praying and desperately needing and wanting God to, to move. For, for some, maybe it's an addiction that has ruled your life, dominated your life, and it's, and it's dominated it for too long. Maybe 
Your mountain is crippling fear or depression that has through treatment and dominated your life. Maybe it's a sickness or a disease that's in your body right now and through treatment and prayer, we're desperately asking God to move mountains. It could be secrets you've carried around for, for possibly decades that no one knows about but you. And you desperately want to be free from the secrets, but it seems impossible to let go of. Maybe you're fighting to keep your marriage together. It feels insurmountable and unattainable. Maybe it's fighting to keep your family together. Maybe it's something that your children are facing or going through, or maybe it's your children's faith. The options are endless because in everyone's life, there comes a time when an obstacle feels insurmountable. And so for some, this series is going to inspire you to, to dream bigger. Man, I hope so. I love to dream. I'm a dreamer. And, uh, and man, I, I hope that this series will inspire some to, to dream bigger because here's what happens when we face mountains in our life. Our mountains shrink our mindset. Have you ever stared at a mountain for long enough? Have you ever stared at an obstacle long enough that it started shrinking your mindset, limiting what you believed was possible in your life. That's what happens. Mountains shrink, shrink mindsets. And so, man, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that maybe, maybe we would dream bigger. For some of you, you have stared at a mountain or stood at a mountain of loneliness for so long that it's caused your mindset to shrink. And instead of now waiting on God's best someone for your life, you've decided to take pretty much anyone that's breathing and doesn't have a felony on their record, like you're, you're in, you've lowered your dreams. And man, I would love for some maybe to, to help you to dream bigger. Help you to dream bigger. For some, maybe it's a career move. For some, it's a financial goal. Or maybe it is a, it's a giving goal. And man, I hope God would just inspire you to dream bigger. Andrea and I, a few weeks ago, I mentioned this last week, but Andrea and I, a few weeks ago, um, got a babysitter and went out on a date. And, uh, and the whole purpose of the date, I was in charge of this date, and the whole purpose of the date was review preview. We were going to review 2016. And we were going to preview 2017. It was as romantic as it sounds. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but man, it gets me excited. A little review preview. And, um, and so we did just that. We went to Longhorns because that's where I like my steaks. And we, we went and we, we just talked about the wins. We were grateful for, for God's faithfulness in 2016. Incredible things that happened. And then we began to share dreams and goals and prayers that we had for 2017. We shared several had them written down and, and shared them. And uh, after I got done sharing all of my goals and Andrea did the same, I said to Andrea, I said, I, I want to share one more with you, but it, it's, it's going to scare you to death. I actually said it's going to scare the crap out of you, but I want to offend you, but there you go. That's what I said. And uh, this is going to intimidate you, and you're, I don't even know how you're going to receive this, but I can't shake it, and it's, it's there. It's in my heart. It's in my head, and I, I just I got to tell you, and I, what I, I began to explain to her what I felt like God had put on my heart as a, as a giving goal, that God wants us to give away, uh, specifically to the church, to the kingdom of God. And, 
and it, it, it kind of takes your breath away. I, I don't want to, I'm not going to tell you what it is. At some point, I'll feel okay talking about it. I don't feel okay talking about it right now, and I'm not trying to be like suspenseful for, on purpose, but I, I just, and I said, look, I don't even know how you feel about that, and she kind of looked at me like, you're an idiot, and I'm like, I know, but for Jesus, and, um, and, and we shared a lot of dreams that night, but th- that one was definitely the scariest what I would say to you this morning. I would rather dream big, feel as if I'm trusting and obeying God and try it and fail than to lay in bed at night and wonder what if we had never really gone for it. And so, man, my prayer is that maybe for this series, you would begin to to dream bigger. But for some of you, this series is going to be uh, a motivation to, to, to work harder, I, I, um, I know what it feels like to face an obstacle so insurmountable that effort feels pointless, right? For some of you, you've stood at your mountain for so long and stared at your mountain for so long that it has completely demoralized you so badly. You've stopped trying. You've stopped going to your meetings. You've stopped talking to your spouse. You've stopped trying to build a relationship with your kids, Maybe you've stopped putting out resumes. Maybe you've stopped going to to class. And and here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you can work hard enough to move your mountain because I believe it takes the supernatural mountain-moving power of God to move mountains in our lives. But I am saying that God uses ordinary effort to produce extraordinary results. That yes, God can do anything, but you can do something. And so maybe God's not intending to miraculously move your mountain. Maybe he plans to help you climb it one step at a time. You know, it took Noah 100 years to build that ark. That's a lot of work. (laughs) It took David about 16 years to perfect the slingshot. And to probably do enough push-ups to, to fight bears and lions. That's what God does. Yes, sometimes he miraculously makes it happen. But most of the time, he inspires someone to put forth ordinary effort. And then he provides extraordinary results. So maybe for you, it's working harder. But for some, it's not going to be dreaming bigger. Or maybe it's not going to be working harder. Maybe it's going to be praying longer. And I got to be honest, in a sick way, this is kind of my favorite category. Because sometimes the mountains in our lives are providentially brought by God to drive us to our knees. Can we just be honest and say that nothing causes us to fall to our knees and pray and draw close to God like adversity? And so some of us are wanting God to move a mountain so we don't have to deal with some things in our lives that need to be dealt with, that need to be prayed through. And maybe you are at your mountain and standing in front of your obstacle. Maybe the purpose and the reason it's in your life is so you can go from a five-minute prayer to a 60-minute prayer. So you can be someone who learns what it means or experiences what it means to reach out for God and truly find him. If you've lived long enough, you've served God long enough, I would be willing to bet that like me, you had some mountains in your life that you used to curse that now you thank God for. Isn't that true? 
that at the time I thought it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but now looking back, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. If I'm being honest with you about my prayer life, I really truly did not understand or embrace the power of prayer until my mom's 22-month battle with cancer. It was that mountain that drove me to my knees. And I met God there. And maybe for some of you, he's just waiting to meet you there. And that's why he hasn't moved your mountain yet. Sometimes the mountain makes the man. And so for the next four weeks, I'm I'm hoping that these messages will challenge all of us to, to maybe dream bigger, maybe to work harder, maybe to pray longer. And yes, whether four weeks or four months or four years or 40 years in your life, with all of my heart, that mountains will move in your life. And so today, for this first week, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, if you have a Bible, you can find that. If not, it's going to be up on the screen for you. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, and I'll meet you there in just a moment. But have you ever, for those of us in the room who have had children, I have four children, um, and, and every time we had a kid, but especially the first time we had a child, we found out that we were going to have a child. We found out that we were pregnant and the baby wasn't going to be there for nine months or, or so, several weeks longer in my wife's case every time. And, uh, but what happened was we began to prepare for the baby that wasn't going to be here for almost a year. Isn't that true? Like you find out you're going to have a child and you have a nursery in your house, but you don't have a baby yet. You start house-proofing or baby-proofing the house and putting gates up and like I'm having to step over gates. There's no baby yet, but we're, you know, we're baby-proofing a house. You, you got clothes and you're folding clothes and closets and you're stacking up diapers. No baby, but you're getting ready. You're preparing. Now, maybe that's not what you did. Maybe you totally were just winging it and you're like, we have, you know, like we'll figure it out. And maybe you did that. But for most of us, we were preparing long before the baby ever showed up. And I think that's how God works in our lives. I think God gives us a dream, a vision of what life will be like on the other side of the mountain. And, and, and we keep thinking that when it happens, we'll change. But that's never the way it works with God. God prepares us long before the baby ever comes. He gives us just enough vision, just enough purpose, just enough inspiration in our lives to get us motivated, possibly, if we choose to, to prepare so that when the mountain moves or the baby comes, Joshua has now taken ready to go. And that's what happens in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua has now taken over for Moses, and the people that he's leading are about to cross into the promised land. This was the land promised to them by God. And he says to them in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, which older translations sometimes have a little better word that just preaches better. And so we're going to grab the old word today. Purify yourselves, and the old versions say, consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow. For tomorrow, the Lord will do great wonders among you. I have a two-year-old son who is obsessed with the new, movie, the new version of the movie Annie. Uh, I don't even know what that says about me as a parent, but I do know that 
his favorite song is Tomorrow. And that has nothing to do with the message. But when I just read Tomorrow, I just heard Solomon, I just heard him singing it. I don't even know why I haven't told you that. But ask him. He'll sing it for you. Um, anyway, so Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourself. Consecrate yourself. Because tomorrow God's going to do wonders among you. Anytime God wants to do great wonders tomorrow, he requires consecration today. Anytime God wants to do wonders tomorrow, he requires consecration today. And we can't talk about mountains moving without talking about consecration. Now, consecration is a fancy Bible word. And uh, what exactly does it mean, right? That's a great question. Consecration means to set something apart, to designate it or reserve it, to, to set it apart as holy or special or for God. And so, in other words, what Joshua is saying to the people is you need to make the decision today to set some things apart or to set yourself apart because tomorrow everything is going to change. And this had been some journey for these people because uh, if you know much, and you know Moses, if you know about Moses or you've seen the movie The Prince of Egypt or any, any storyline about this, then you know Moses goes into Egypt and, and brings out people after 430 years of slavery. And so he brings the people out. A few weeks later, they have a chance to go into the same promised land that these people are about to go into, but they doubt God. They don't believe that what he said could happen would actually happen. And so God tells them to turn around, and these people that were brought out of Egypt literally, go read it, circle a mountain for 40 years. For 40 years, they just circle a mountain. They move every now and then, and they just go in circles and circle a mountain. Until 40 years later, after that whole generation has died off, and Moses is gone, and now Joshua steps up, and these are the children, one generation removed, these are the children of the people who have been circling a mountain for 40 years. And so Joshua's instructions to them are, are, are just as important for us as it was to them. And if I could paraphrase Joshua's words uh, to the people for today's purposes, I, I think Joshua was saying something like this. Joshua was saying, decide what you need to part with because everything is not making the journey where we're going. Decide what you're leaving in the wilderness because we're going into the promised land and we're not taking wilderness stuff into promised land territory. Maybe Joshua was saying it something like this. Listen, every new level means a new devil. And so we're not going to take our old devils into our new levels. Consecration. Consecration. And so today for this, this first week of Mountains Move, I, I want to issue a challenge, a consecration challenge. A challenge to you that maybe on January the 8th of 2017 that you decide to part ways with some things. I know in my life, every time I find myself at a mountain, it's an opportunity for consecration. Inventory to see. It's an opportunity to review my life and to, and to take inventory to see if it's time to, to set myself apart for some things that, that maybe were fine in the last season. Maybe they were fine for the wilderness, but they're not fine for where God is wanting to take me tomorrow. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 9, 17. He said, no one puts 
new wine in old wineskins. Nobody does that. When I was growing up, my dad hated when there was a little bit of cereal left in the box and nobody wanted to use that box because it was just all the crumbs. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so my dad would take like four different cereals and just blend them all together. It was the most disgusting thing you've ever seen or tasted in your life, but he would not buy new cereal until we ate that cereal. And so that's kind of the modern day Matthew 9, 17. Jesus is like, no one puts the old stuff in the new container. And some of you are trying to take old things into new seasons, old wine into new wineskins. What are you trying to take with you to the other side of your mountain that's not supposed to make the journey? Maybe it's an old habit. Maybe it's an old mindset. Maybe it's an old relationship. There are, there are lots of things that have a place in our lives that they're not sinful things. They're not things that are going to send you to hell. But it doesn't mean that they are God's best things for our lives. And while we're praying for God to move mountains or to do something miraculous or new in our life or something new in 2017, we're still trying to carry old things with us. Maybe 2017 is the year or the time when, when you know, not because I'm saying it this morning, but because God has been saying it, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and nudging you. Maybe you know that today is the day. It's time to part a few minutes of this sermon to consecrate yourself. So for the last few minutes of this sermon today, I, I want to challenge you in some areas of your life that may get a little bit uncomfortable this morning. Um, but just in case the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you, I'd just like to be a voice of confirmation this morning. And maybe you shut up the church and you're like, why did I come today? He had to come today. There are a number of moral areas that may be causing your life to feel like it's going in circles, like you're circling your mountain. For some, it's, um, it's alcohol, it's substances in your life that are not necessarily sinful. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach that an alcoholic drink is a sin. Anybody who says that is stretching the scriptures. Um, it doesn't have a lot of good things to say about it, but it doesn't say that it's sin. But it doesn't also mean that it's God's best for your life. Maybe it's causing problems in your marriage, or maybe you're too dependent on it when you're having a bad day or get angry. Maybe it's an escape from a life that, that you're not happy with at the moment. And it's not that it's going to send you to hell, and it's not that you're a terrible person. It just means that you need to leave it behind so you can get to the other side of the mountain. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's smoking weed. Maybe it's gambling. I'm going to send you to hell. But this is not about escaping hell. This is about conquering a mountain that you've faced for maybe years or decades. And what if the only thing that God is waiting to do or waiting on before he does wonders tomorrow is your consecration today. What do you need to part ways with? And again, not because I said so, but because you know God is saying so. Because you keep hearing that same song on the radio. Because you keep seeing that same Facebook post. Or you keep thinking about the same thing when you lay in bed at night. Or every time you pray, you pray about the same thing because you can't shake the thought. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit. Get tomorrow. You need to consecrate yourself now for wonders tomorrow. 
Maybe it's um, the way you manage money, the way you spend money or give money. Are, are you willing to consecrate your money for God? Are you willing to part ways with old habits or more things, having more things? So that you can see God do wonders. Maybe this is the year that you start tithing. Maybe this is the year that you decide finally, we're going to do it no matter what it takes. We're going to get out of debt. Maybe you need to part ways with some things that you are watching or listening to. Not so that God will love you more. God loves you the maximum amount he could ever love you right now, right where you are. And so you don't take those things out of your life so that God will love you more. You take them out of your life so you have more capacity to love him more. And so maybe there are things that are entering your your system and it's keeping you from loving him more and it's time to part ways with it. It could be time to purify yourself from a relationship, not because you're better than they are, but you and I both know they're not gonna make the journey with you to the other side of the mountain. And if we're being honest, they're probably the reason that you haven't made it to the other side yet. And this is where it gets tricky because then I'm not better than they are and I'm not more spiritual. And then you try to start making changes in your life and then people say, oh, well, you're so good and all those things. And maybe you're the friend who someone else is trying to conquer a mountain and you keep talking and bringing them down. Or maybe you're the person who needs to cut some ties. And this is, this is sad because, because the people that have come this far in the journey with you, we desperately want them to go with us to the next place, but sometimes they don't get to go. So you have to decide, do I want to stay on this side with everybody I'm comfortable with, or am I willing to consecrate myself and part ways with that are pulling me down and holding me back? What are you trying to carry with you? to the other side that's supposed to stay here? Is it forgiveness? Is it hurt? Is it a grudge? What is it that you're trying to carry to the other side that's supposed to stay here? Now let's talk about a few things quickly that are sinful that you gotta let go of. You gotta let go of. You've been carrying them around for too long. Some of you are praying and asking God to move a mountain, but you are living in blatant sexual sin. It could be that you're hooking up with people you're not in a relationship with just for the fun of it. Or maybe you're in a committed relationship and it just feels like the right thing to do because that's what people do who are in love. For others, you've been together for so long and you live together and everything about your life feels like a married couple, but you're not married. And God wants to do wonders in your life, but he's not going to do it if you're not willing to part ways with the sin that you know you're living with. And it's not your address or it's not your longevity or tenure that makes you married. It's taking a biblical covenant commitment and making it in front of God and witnesses that says for richer or for poorer in sickness and in health till death do us part. And so maybe you're asking God to bless a make-believe marriage and God doesn't do that. Or a relationship that's in blatant sin. And God says, I so desperately want to do wonders in your life. 
tomorrow. But you got to lay this down today. You got to lay this down today. Some, some it's secrets, secret sin you've carried around for possibly decades. Else about move this insurmountable thing in your life that you don't tell anyone else about. You can't take your secrets with you to the other side. You can't do it. And please hear my heart today. Don't do it because I say to do it, because then I'm responsible. Don't do it because I say to do it. Do it because you know God says to do it. And you know he's been saying to do it for a long time. And all I'm doing is confirming what you know is true in your life. He's leading you, convicting you, challenging you. And you know it's time to lay it down, to part ways with it, because you've got to get to the other side. Please don't spend the next 40 years of your life circling the same mountain because you won't let go of some things in your life. Now, here's the thing about God. He'll let you circle. He loves you so much and is so gracious to you that he doesn't like, you know, make your car keep breaking down and give you cancer and he somehow like, cause you, cause you didn't do what he said to do. He just lets you keep circling the mountain and you'll get motivated and you'll get inspired, but then you won't let it go. And then you're back to where you were. And God says, if you wanna circle it for 40 years, I will let you circle it. And every couple of months or years or weeks, you get that, that another chance. You get another fork in the road. You get another trail. And God says, hey, this is it. If you want to do it, you can do it. And you say, well, I just can't do it. And so we just keep circling. God says, he will let you keep circling. Not, he's not mad at you. He loves you. But he's not going to force you to consecrate yourself, to purify yourself. So some of you have been circling for years. And it's time today to lay it down so you can move past this mountain and get to the other side. What do you need to pray with? Because you can't take it with you to the other side.